Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 20 questions, exercises for a healthy spiritual life. So how are we doing? Are we exercising? Are we uh, working out a little bit? Maybe praying a little bit? Reading scripture? Maybe doing the 20 questions devotional guide or something? Are we exercising? Are we working on our faith? And is our faith growing stronger? It's important. Having a strong faith, it's, it's important because we know that the strength of our faith will be tested. We know that. Because we know that temptation comes. Sometimes it surprises us. Sometimes it comes in subtle ways. Sometimes it comes dressed up like a friend. But temptation, it does come. And I know I'm preaching to the choir right now because you all know about temptation. You've all had your share of things that have tempted you. Maybe you've even been tempted already today. We know that when temptation comes, the temptation is always for us to get off track with our lives. You know, we're, we're trying to live a good life. We're trying to live a faithful life. We're trying to keep our eyes fixed upon God when temptation comes. And no matter what the temptation is, the temptation is always to take our eyes off of God, to, to turn away from following Jesus, to compromise our values, to compromise the decision we've made about what our life is going to stand for and who we are. We know that temptations, they do come which is why it's so important for us to exercise our faith, to get strong so we're prepared and we're able to stand up to those temptations when they come. It's important for us to be praying, to reading scripture, and, and to be reflecting upon our life. And so today, today's exercise, well, it's, a, it's some heavy lifting today. Such heavy lifting that I'm just thinking it'd be good for us to pause for a moment and we better stretch out a little bit, okay? Let's stretch out, all right? Make sure you're ready for this, okay? <laughs> okay, because this one is a, this is a big question. This is a hard question today. The question is, are you proud? But let's make it a little bit more personal. Am I proud? How about repeating that after me? Am I proud? Now, I don't know about you, but the first answer that comes to my mind is yes, and I'm proud of it. I mean, I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of my children and my grandchildren and the wonderful people that they are and, and how the world is made a better place by them. I'm proud of my wife, Jerry, and the wonderful person she is and all she's accomplished in her life. And I'm guessing I'm in pretty good company here because I'm guessing that pretty much all of you have people in your life that you're, you're kind of proud of for who they are, for what they've done in life. 
And I'm, I'm proud, too, of our church. I'm proud of how much people in this church sacrifice to be a blessing to other people in this world. I'm proud of the hope that we have here in this place that God isn't finished, that God's going to show up. I'm proud of the decision we've made that, we're, that we trust in God and that we're going to trust in each other. I'm proud of our diversity and how in the midst of a world that is so fractured, we give witness to a unity that is possible. I mean, I'm proud of our church and hopefully you're proud of our church as well. And again, we're in good company with that because we hear in Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth that he's proud of his church. He says, I boast of you all the time. And I boast of this church all the time. And so, as I think about this question, am I proud? Well, yeah, I'm proud in lots of ways. But that's not the kind of pride that John Wesley, who penned these 20 questions, it's not the kind of pride he was talking about. He wasn't talking about boasting of other people's accomplishments. He wasn't talking about seeing the value of other people and the value of what they contribute to this world. He wasn't, talk, he wasn't even talking about a healthy sense of self-esteem, our own self-worth. After all, we are beloved children of God. It's important. It's not what he was talking about. He was talking about how it is that pride, a good and healthy pride, can be turned into some form of idolatry. I mean, we human beings are masters at turning good gifts of God into something that's destructive and brings about pain in this world. We can, we can turn a good, healthy ambition to be the best people we can be into a need to be number one and to be at the top. And if that requires pushing other people down in the process, so be it. We can turn a, the good God-given... I don't know what that was, but... We can turn the good God-given gift of sexual intimacy into exploitation and addiction. We can turn simple acts of kindness into manipulative behavior for our own gain. And we can turn a healthy pride into something that's idolatrous. And to understand what I'm talking about, we need to go all the way back to the story of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Remember that story? Adam and Eve in the garden where they dwell with God and, of course, dwelling with God, that's paradise. And there in the garden, God provided everything they needed, provided relationships, provided important work, and also provided all the food they would need. Of course, we all know there are things that God knows that we don't know. God has knowledge that we don't have. And that there is knowledge that God has that we're not equipped to handle. We wouldn't know what to do with it, or we would use it in the wrong way. So it was for Adam and Eve. They had the knowledge of goodness, 
uh, but not of evil. And God knew they were not equipped to handle that. And so God said to them, there's this tree in the middle of the garden. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat that fruit. If you eat it, you're going to die. But we know the story. Temptation came. And they gave in to the temptation and they ate the fruit. And, and regardless of whatever happened in eating that fruit, the act of giving in to temptation introduced them to evil. The act of being disobedient to the word of God introduced them to evil. The act of turning their backs upon God and becoming self-absorbed. Self-absorbed like their needs were more important than anybody else or anything else. Introduced them to evil. Pride. At its extreme, pride becomes narcissism. Do you remember the story of the narcissist? The narcissist was a very, very, very handsome young man. So handsome that all the girls wanted to be with him and all the boys wanted him as their best friend. And he knew it. And he liked it. And increasingly, he became self-absorbed. To the point that the people who were around him were made to feel as though they were of less importance, insignificant really. So self-absorbed did he become that one day looking in a pond of water he saw his own reflection and fell in love with what he saw to the point where he could not take his eyes off of himself. And there he lived the rest of his life looking at his own image. Well, that's extreme. I mean, we don't know people who are that self-absorbed, do we? I mean, we don't know people who only think of themselves, do we? Pride. Now, take a look at any form of prejudice in this world. You trace it back, you're going to find pride. Racism, sexism, ageism, trace it back, you'll find pride. Take a look at domestic violence, trace it back, you'll find pride in the perpetrator. Any kind of domination of other people, you trace it back, you're going to find pride. John Wesley asks, are you proud? And of course, when we think about it in these extremes, well, we might be tempted to say, no, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. But we got to remember that this sin of pride, it can be a little bit subtle, still dangerous, but it can be a little subtle. Maybe some different questions will help us to open our minds a little bit to what Wesley's asking. Questions like, do you ever feel like you're better than another person? Do you ever feel like you're more important than another person? Or that your life is more important than another person? Do you ever feel like you're more deserving than another person? Do you ever worry about appearance? Have you ever accepted an opportunity 
simply because of the attention you will gain. Have you ever, you know, made up your mind to the point where you didn't care what anybody else had to say? Have you ever thought somebody else's story doesn't matter at all to your life? Have you ever thought you were better than another person? Now Wesley's question is getting a little more personal. Because the temptations, they're all around us. The temptations to to think of ourselves in those kinds of prideful ways, those temptations, they're all around us. We think about the condition of our world and the things that people do. I mean, people in our world, they do some pretty stupid things, don't you think? I mean, have you ever thought that to yourself? That that person, they did something that was really stupid? Make matters worse. Sometimes people just do bad things, horrible things. And it's very easy for us to start thinking, well, I may not be perfect, but I'm a whole lot better than that person. A whole lot better than that person. Ah, we like to judge. We like to judge people. A judgment, of course, is always... But somehow there's something wrong with them. If only they could be a little bit more like me. If only people thought the way I think, believed the way I believe, had my politics, the world would be such a better place. Don't you think? It's so easy to give in to temptation because the temptations are all around us and they come dressed up like a friend, making some sense even. Which is why it's so important for us to be exercising our faith. Why it's so important for us to be reading scripture, to be praying, to be reflecting on questions like, am I proud? Maybe even to ask for help from people that we trust. Asking people to tell us if they hear us sounding proud or acting proud. Then, as we do this kind of self-reflection and we begin to see signs of it, well, we can ask God for help. We can lift it up. And we can pray to God that we be more loving than judging. We can pray to God that we be more humble than prideful. In Jesus' Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the fullness of the promise of God. Interesting statement, blessed are the meek. Meek. I mean, we don't usually think of meekness as a virtue. How many of you grew up striving to be meek? I mean, it's just not what we do in our culture. It's not a virtue for us. But this word meekness doesn't mean that we are to be weak or that we're to be wimps for Jesus. 
or to be submissive to people around us. This word meekness is connected to us remembering where it is that we find our strength. Where it is that we have our identity. It has to do with us recognizing our need for God. And God being first and us trying to live courageously the life that God created us to live according to the will and the good purpose of God. Am I proud? I suppose it's something I'm working on. How about you? Am I proud? I pray that the day will come when each one of us will, able to be, will be able to say, by the grace of God, with the help of God, no. Thank you, God. And amen. Amen.